0: One fateful decision, that is all it takes to either unravel all the Talbot clan has achieved, or fulfill their desire for safety. Many are lost, though what is returned. This is the story of their struggle to survive, and in remembrance of those left behind. In Zombie Fallout Book 10, those left behind. This is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot.
1: Like, seriously? Like, you're an old lady. How come you're into zombie stuff, (laughs) right? But I just am. And I I like survival stories. And I like big ensemble casts for all sorts of things. So, you know, and I just decided I was, you know, I've watched everything in the way of movies and TV. And I just thought, I'm looking for books now. And I came across and I started reading a few of, um, you know, Mark's synopsis. And I went, yeah. hey, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to try it. And I think the first one, the first zombie fallout was free. And that's when I fell in love and I just kept ordering and ordering and ordering. And, you know, and, and there went the whole series. It was marvelous. So that's how they and, get you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Very first good. This yeah. is free. The rest of it will cost you a billion dollars oh. in Audible credits. So <laughs> well, money, I don't money well spent. It's money well spent. Yeah, what's up, Chris? I thought you weren't going to be able to join us. I thought you were in training or something this week. Let us know. Yeah, Chris, come on here. He's probably snuck away out of the uh, the hotel Jamboree or whatever. But- probably <laughs> for about the next yes. the last ninety seconds. So, welcome to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. The podcast all about the writings and stories. Of Mr. Mark Tufo. Happy New Year, everyone! It is 2024, and this is our first episode of the year. We haven't changed a goddamn thing between one year to the next. It's going to be the same. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what exactly. I. <laughs> so, joining me this week is my co-host Amber Smith. What's up, everybody? I uh, joining me from the great country, a different country. We've had Paul on from England, and now we got a Canadian. Miss Andrea Tate, all the way from British Columbia, correct, Andrea? You betcha. All right. And down there in the corner, if you're watching the audio, back again for like a six to seven times, Mr. Jason Lee Light. <laughs> Jason, say hello to everybody.
2: Uh, good evening, everybody. Happy New Year's. I hope everybody's uh, doing well.
0: All right. We're going to try to make this even between the audio and the video, because last year, the last couple of episodes, we really got into the video side of it, but a lot of people still listen to it just on audio on Audible and i'm an audio podcast guy i i don't watch video podcasts at all so i'm amazed that i'm actually doing this like this but people seem to like and and watch people talk about stuff so this is what we are doing here we are talking about zombie fallout book 10 Mm -hmm. those left behind this was a book and a half uh we kind (laughs) of teased about it a couple weeks ago there's a naked BT in this book, and I, <laughs> if there's any reason to turn this into a TV series, get ten seasons in because we need to see the naked BT age fight people. Okay, yeah, 100%. that could be friggin' scary for some people, but so, wow. Beth, happy new year. How Beth, did you like your uh, your cameo? Beth is one is is in the chat with us and she was one of the cameo winners. We gave away three cameos last year with Mark. Uh we 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 teased it as just being one, but me being me, I can't just do one. So all three finalists I gave them to. I would be a horrible Miss America judge or any judge for anything. Cause I just be <laughs> like, everybody wins, you know, and I'm not a, every kid gets a trophy kind of guy, but when it comes to stuff like this, I can't say no to people. It's just, just the way I am. So, uh, she let, said, Beth is saying that she did. We're going to try to translate the, the, the chat for the audio people here. Beth says she did showed everyone who would watch. That is Fantastic. <laughs> So, are we ready?
3: Let's get started, yeah. man, because this right. book is
0: full of awesome. Yes, it is. The book opens with Dino. She's been kidnapped.
3: Okay. Dun, dun, done.
0: Yeah, rightfully so. She's kind of off on a, uh, she's escaped the Talbot clan, uh, not the Talbot clan, she's escaped the house, but also from the Demency group, uh, if you remember from book, shit, is it Eight? Eight or or nine. Eight or nine. I can't remember. I think it's eight. She got out of the dementia group and she's going to head West. uh, Just like our forefathers did Uh, go West, young man. And they said, go West. And, Deno is pretty much old enough that she was probably on the Mayflower and uh, probably dated Lewis or Clark or whatever at, at one point. So these are all American history references, Andrea. You probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about here.
1: <laughs> oh No, I like a lot of history. I know a lot of your folks' history. We learn a lot of it in school. And, you know, if you're a big reader, you figure out all kinds of things.
0: Well, that is good. That is good. Well, and I uh, love
1: PBS too. Great shows.
0: Good good, good, good. So, uh, so Deno's asleep at a rest area and she gets woken up by a hillbilly. Just, you know, she basically gets kidnapped. She falls asleep. She lets her guard down and she gets kidnapped by three or four hillbillies. I believe it's three hillbillies. Um, I don't condone, I'm going to say don't condone. Uh, I want to word this carefully. I, I, I don't think rape is nice. Okay, but Deneau was raped, and I don't even think that's too good for that's even too harsh for Deneau, I should say. But I think it's apocalypse times and sadly I think stuff like that would happen. And it's it's horrible that it's the world, the way this world is being portrayed. Uh the bad people all want to come to the forefront and they want to kind of rule. And we get a lot of that in this story. And I uh-huh. think this book is it's a testament to humanity. It's a testament to if the shit hits the fan, what is the world going to be like? It could be really freaking bad. Um, Starting things off, I mean, right out of the gate, first impressions on this one. Amber, what do you think?
3: Uh, I think that it was really, uh, it was an intense start. Uh, i feel like if any if deno got any type of punishment i mean eventually she gets what she deserved but i don't think she deserved what she got from these guys mm-hmm. um but also i think just um one of the things to always like you were saying if the world goes to crap like all the bad people are gonna come out um that's really true like like a hundred percent like they have nothing people barely Listen to the laws. It is if all that stuff is taken away, like they have no holds bar on like what they're gonna do or what they want to do. You know what I mean? It's just I'm just gonna do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um it just started off. I think it just started off really intense. But then it's like, then again, as <sighs> soon as they give her just one little bit of an out, she just configures an entire story and finds a way out as always. So you know.
0: Yeah, she's a very smart. She's a survivalist. She's definitely a survivalist. She is. Mm-hmm. She has figured out how to make her life um, work for her. And she's even said it to Mike. Uh, we find out later in the book when Mike takes her back in that, you know, she comes clean about the whole Paul and uh, Brian thing. And she says she, she, she does what she's going to do to make herself safe. So, um, Andrew, what was your first impressions of this one? I now are you, auto, are you uh, audio or are you book?
1: Um, and, uh, I'm book. I'm a reader. I You're just, a reader. I am. I like the physical act of doing it. So, um, my first impressions too. That was that was very very harsh. What happened to her? Um, I think that Mark worded it quite well, as far as not having to be too graphic, but you you knew what happened. But there was no gory details, and you know any any woman that's uh, reading these stories would appreciate at least that part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, um, going further on it, then it, it changes that there's a break where every, the crew is all at Ron's house. Everybody's there now. And, and there's sort of, they've been through the, the big onslaught of the war and now they're recouping. And I mean, he goes to the bathroom humor. Okay, it's like we have this horrible, you know, survival and violence and all this shit going on. And then once they're in the house and they cool down for a few minutes, it's like Trip taking the giant shit in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big blue turd coming out yeah. of the toilet. Bowl. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you know it's just like I'm going comic relief it's like okay we've been all you know we're all like suspenseful and on the, the hairy edge and and then it's like boom now we can relax and here's a little bit of real life but weird life because it's trip. so anyway I just I like that bit but I just find you know with all of all of Mark's stories it's just like how does he keep thinking of all these situations? Like, it's just like, to me, it's amazing. The creativity involved, but I'm, you know, I, I've loved this book as much as I love the others.
0: It's a good, that's a good, uh, good perception of it. I like that. Definitely. Uh, it, I think it's that Bostonian humor that he has. <laughs> our, our sense of humor yeah. is not uh, normal <clears throat> To most of the country, a lot of people don't quite understand it. We are sarcastic AF. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I am the same way. I will try to take any uh, stressful, tense, emotional, drama situation and try to make a joke. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always look at it. As, I think Chandler Bing was, was originally was originally from Boston because it's just that. You know, I make jokes. I make humor to for to, to break the tension, and that's mm-hmm. the way we are so uh jason what are your thoughts uh
2: i i agree with you i I think the beginning of it the the piece was very brutal um but i i do love that how she gets herself out of it you know (laughs) uh and manages to make her way back to mike i mean how many times does she have to realize that that you know she's not going to make it without michael i mean michael has saved her but how many times um and a lot for yeah and, you know, she keeps trying to get away from him and then, oh, I'm going to run to the other side of the country and be away from him. And then ends up back at his, at his doorstep a week later. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it, how she gets back at them, you know, when they're out in front of the, the house and she just, you know, mm-hmm. the, the guy's standing there and she just manages to get a hold of the gun and just shoots him in his privates. And it's like, okay, well, I guess, you know, that's that's kind of payback. I mean, um you know, but I, I, agree with, you know, way yeah, once they're in the house and the, and, and trip and his, you know, uh, the power goes out or whatever. And he, and he's, I'm blind and, you know, oh, you know, and then he's freaking out because of, of his blue poop and it's
3: just.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: So
3: I, so uh, I will we... say, um, I didn't want to, and I didn't want to miss, uh, two things really quickly. Um, Andrea, we need to get, like, a quick minute of how you even got into the Mark II books and everything like that, uh, because we love to hear everybody's story, especially when they're new on the podcast, about, like, how they got into Mark, and um, I also have to say, like, one of the best parts of um comedic-ness in the beginning of the book is, like, as soon as Deneau pulls up, Mike's outside with BT,
0: and he's like, shoot her, (laughs) shoot her right off like,
3: what (laughs) the fuck? Like
4: That's always ever. his
0: go-to reaction with her, but he never—he's never the one to pull the trigger. It's like if you're right. a shooter, shoot her. Like, shoot her? He won't like do it right now. He's like, "Are you sure? Do it." it was like, yeah, it and he's got a ever. rocket
2: launcher. <laughs> <And he's... laughs>
0: you know, it's like that school teacher that you hate, but you need her to pass to to, to graduate.
3: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: You know, so. Uh, Mark, no, it is not about T-Rex loving. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just watching the God. Lost World. Ugh. I'm so waiting for your T-Rex, your, your dinosaur romance mm. novel. Mark. I do
3: also want to say, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when Dino was leaving, there was like a little skit of like a demon telling somebody else like she survived and she's yeah. on her way to the
0: house. Ha- yeah. like Chronos and was- Belaton. Uh, yeah, whether they're demons changing. or they're angels or what they are, uh, we kind of get in a little more to like the whole maker
4: type mm-hmm. of thing.
0: Kronos and Bellaton sound like evil, sound like demons, but Dino's not supposed to be alive. Yeah. One. Yeah. Right. And she's not supposed to find Mike again because they come in and they say if she finds him or they get back or whatever, she could screw everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what their plan is that they've had in place. And, it it's definitely a um I, I I believe I don't believe in spiritualism, I don't believe in God, heaven, the devil, or anything I truly believe that we are just pawns in one big alien chess game of their their, their horrible social media experiment. So this kind of feeds into what I think it funny. is, where it's yeah, somebody's somebody's pulling the strings on all of this, and oh crap, that's gonna happen. Oh no, 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 that's not supposed to happen. She's mm. throwing a monkey wrench in the entire thing.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, so that is what happened with that
3: exactly. <laughs> now, now, I apologize quick. for
0: my coughing too. Last week I had a, a really bad cold, and it was a zero hour decision to not do the show. I still got a little bit of a cough, um, and some other bodily fluids coming out of my nose and stuff. But uh, so if I sound stuffy, I'm still a little sick, <laughs> but uh, I apologize if I cough uh, into the camera there. So.
3: No worries. worry. So, uh, Andrea, can you take a quick minute and just let us know, like, how you got into Mark Tufo and just started reading it? Because everybody has their hilarious first stories. Yes. Or just, like, randomness on how they even got to Mark. And now we're
1: obsessed. Happy to, Amber. Happy to. So I've been a zombie fan in, you know, TV and film, uh, as far as the watching department goes, for quite a while. And I decided just and I'm a big reader and I decided, well, why don't I just look and see what's out there in the way of, you know, stories uh, about the zombies? So I just I have a Kobo e-reader and I put in zombies and up, up comes a whole pile of names. And there was a lot of names by Mark and Mark Tufo. And so I went to the first zombie fallout, which was free. And I read the synopsis and I thought. You know what? I'm going to try it. If I like it, I'll go on to other ones and if I don't, well on to the next, right? You
0: remember which book it was?
1: Yep, Zombie Fallout
0: one. It was one? Yep. Okay. That,
1: that's where I, I had
0: I had zero was my first book uh that they offered for free cuz it's a shorter one.
1: Oh. Well, I just I only started reading in the last oh, I don't know, year year and a bit. Mm-hmm. So I've um, you know, maybe they changed it up since you started.
0: Well, actually, zero is a um audio only, so you probably wouldn't have seen Oh, I wouldn't run. have.
1: No, no. I I don't have audible, so I'm behind the times, you know. <laughs> I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, that's how I started reading Mark's books. And you know, I'm, I'm actually on number thirty-three now. <laughs> so it's been a ride and it's bedtime reading puts me to sleep and you know and then it's like maybe over my coffee too in the morning
0: Mm -hmm. which is your which series haven't you read yet that you that is on the list
1: um I think it is oh the one about the witches what's it called um anyway I've read the The like and and fallout I've read those. And okay, I've read okay. I've read the uh Shrouded World and I've read Zombie Fallout. And um, oh I'm trying to think of the names. I'd have to look at my reader. And I've started another one, uh, the original one where uh Mike was with his cousin and I think they were in California.
0: Or she uh, was. Yeah, that is uh b- 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 spear clearing? Spear, spear clearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, that's what I want to read. That's the next sort of things I want to get into.
0: So the good standalone spirit clearing is definitely one. Callous Rose. That's The one with the witch you're thinking of. Yeah. uh, That's a great story as well. A lot of the single story ones are good. He doesn't do too many. uh, As we found out with Devil's Desk that came out last week, that was supposed to be just a simple one and uh, a one-off. And he, he, Found an opening to go back and fin and, and do a second one, and I'm glad he did. Mm-hmm. Very happy because I just uh, read that this week. And God, it's awesome. He does fan service the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm just gonna say, like, it, it's it's a who's who of mm-hmm. cameos that of characters that come back. Yeah, in the uh, in the Talbot verse, which is just it's great. It's it's a really good book. If anybody hasn't read it yet, definitely check it out. So.
1: Well, it blows my mind how prolific a writer he is. Like, he doesn't look that old, and he has such an amassed, a huge amount of, of, you know, like, I'm just blown away at how many, many stories he writes. It's like, Mm -hmm. do you spend time with your family or the dogs? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm very thankful that he's out there and doing his thing. It's just, I, I just love his stories.
0: That's great. That's great. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. So, Amanda, you think she were talking about uh, United States of Apocalypse? Was that the witches? Yes, one yes. That's
4: oh, the Yeah. One. yeah. Sorry.
0: So, you said yeah, I, was, I wasn't thinking witches with United States of Apocalypse. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking Callous right. Rose because she's got that clairvoyancy. Yeah. So. Well, I, I
4: want to read say, them all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so. Gonna say, I was going to say, I think I might have spent too much time to listening to uh Zombie Fallout series uh, in the last month. I got a thing from Audible earlier in the day that said, "Oh, in the month of December, you listen to fourteen thousand minutes of audio."
3: <laughs> <laughs> like this man is getting obsessed with zombies. What the hell? Uh, I'm,
2: <sighs> you know, when I'm when I'm driving, when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm working, it's I just let it run in the background. I mean, because like everybody else, I, you know, that comes on here. I've listened to the books how many times, and then when when we know we're going to be doing this you listen to it over again. And yeah, it was like 14,000 mm-hmm. minutes in the month of
0: December. <laughs> wow. I can't even Not imagine bad. what mine's, what mine is. Mine came up. It was kind of like uh, uh, on nine 11, when it happened, the TV was the reporters are finally saying, everybody needs to shut their TV off for an hour and go do something else. Uh, my mm-hmm. audible is pretty much like that. They're like, you need to discover <laughs> another author. You're, you're obsessed <laughs> with Mark Tufo. Uh, yeah. Men in straight jackets are coming. So, which is actually a good segue into the next epilogue that happens Mm -hmm. i don't understand this one a little bit i know it's kind of going off but i don't don't think anything has ever come of this one again where mark mark mike is just in a straitjacket in a padded room and he's thinking to himself it finally happened yep i'm in a padded room i dreamt all of this this is all a total dream uh in bt is the orderly is so it, is yeah. is all of this in mike's head this whole world is mike really insane and all of this is really not happening he's just really crazy and has ptsd mm-hmm. and all of this or was just just another part of the the the, the triptiverse where it's the different timelines that happened with mike
3: it was a, I, I asked Mark that when when we had the thing and he said it was just a different timeline, which I think yeah, is was, interesting. That, huh?
2: That was my thought too. Was you know because I the Mike in our in zombie Fallout world seems to be, he seems to be the one who, he, he realizes the other universes are there. You know by this point he's starting to get to the point where he realizes that he's ha- he has multiple lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and he's acknowledging so, it along with the yeah. like when he gets those premonitions or when he, when he's knocked out or something like that, or about to die, he's like, why are there weird creatures on motorcycles? And like, what is this demon? Do you know what I mean? So he's like, he's having these moments of like, like other lifetimes, like bleeding through and everything. And um, which is super, super interesting um, with it. And I thought that was, I, I really thought it was interesting that like in every dimension and reality that Mike and BT are close, but not necessarily friends.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: except Shrouded World. Their wives are close, but BT hates Mike. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Which Which is funny because that
0: long, you know, you got to go to a totally ultimate dimension, a different dimension to find one BT that doesn't like Mike, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but speaking of the kind of different timelines, there's a scene with BT, Mike and Trip and they're in the house and they're talking uh, and we talked about this on one of the other episodes where Trip is talking to BT and BT is saying he used to be a cop um, and all of this. And Trip says to BT in a very lucid tone, mm-hmm. she lived. Mm-hmm. And Trip, I mean, uh, BT kind of flips out on Trip a little bit like, no, she didn't. I buried her. You don't know what you're talking about. And it turns out that that's callous Rose. That's what happens at the, uh, spoil the callous Rose, but we already did the episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Andrea. Uh, you know, at the end of callous Rose, where you know, BT shoots her, but, uh, Tripp says she survived. She lived. Which so, in a sense
3: she did. If you, if you believe in the end of the book yep. of what happened. So she kind of did still survive. Um, it's get cut, it, that that part of the book kind of gets a little ruined when um Mike is asking BT what's going on and BT tells him he used to be a cop and at the, like very and I caught this like the third time I listened to the book but BT was like um Mike was trying to ask him why he isn't a cop anymore and um Mike BT was like I don't want to talk about it and then he was just like this girl named Callus or something like that, like underneath mm-hmm. his breath. And like when I first caught it, because I didn't read Callus Rose yet. So I yeah. didn't know what like so I guess I kind of just like let it go in my mind. But then when I heard that I was like <gasps> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's stuff that when you re- when you when you read if you read just one series and then you start to get into the other ones, you pick up all the little Easter eggs that Mark hides. Yeah of mm-hmm. all the other stories and like, Oh my God, I remember this. I remember this. And when I, <laughs> when I read Callous Rose, I picked up on a lot of stuff that was from the other stories that you don't think about. And it was really mm-hmm. friggin' cool. Uh, Robbie Curley has a question. How you doing, Robbie? Happy new year. Uh, he says, so I have a question with that. What does the original timeline supposed to look like? He, uh, he always wondered what it was supposed to be the original timeline was Indian Hill. Um, I don't think there was a real timeline. I think I'm not sure which book he started to tie them in together, where it was just another adventure. You know, Indian Hill was a Michael Talbot adventure. Then zombie fallout was an alternate Michael Talbot adventure. And then, I think by book five or six, they started to intersect a little bit. And then he got into shrouded world and then he got into callous Rose and then he got into spirit clearing and all of those just started to intersect with one another. So I don't think they're orig- I think, the. I mean, as far as I know, the original timeline was 20 year old Mike in college on Indian Hill that was fighting the progerians. Um, as far as I know, Mark, if you're still there and you want to chime in, feel free uh to answer Robbie's question. If not, he'll 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 send you an email or shoot you something else here. <laughs> so
3: Yeah, uh, and I also I also think just like really quick to comment on that, I think that there was always something in Mike's in Mike's
0: <clears throat> younger
3: age that something different happened that made each timeline go into a different perspective. Like like Dennis dying at a young age from diabetes. That happened in one timeline but not the other one. Him actually dating Beth and going to the concert instead of dating somebody else in college. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so all these different things are happening that are just like, I think kind of branching off from his, um, from his childhood that are branching off into these different timelines. So I don't think there really makes too, too much sense in it, but there's like, a, he's aware. I think one of him is at least the ZF version of him is at least aware of them.
0: I mean, Trip is aware of all of them because yeah, Trip's um, yeah. the puppet master. Someone had actually posted in the, uh, in Mark's fan group today, Who is Trip? What is Trip? Why does he know all of this? And a lot of people people that commented, read Shredded World. I don't think he had read it before. because He says, I I reread all the zombie fallouts and I can't understand why Trip is, you know, Trip's an intergalactical. Somebody had commented that he was an alien, uh, (laughs) which is kind of true, but he's more just an interdimensional hipster stoner, hippie stoner Ah. that can travel between worlds. Oh, yeah. That's what that psilocybin does, kids. Mushrooms will expand your mind, and you'll go to other places you've never been to before. I hear. 100%, 100%. I have no 100%. idea because I'm a G-O-T too much. Regulator. Too much
1: LSD does it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, uh, yeah.
2: In one, in one of the books, doesn't Trip actually, you know, doesn't he actually state or, or imply that the reason that he got into the drugs was because his mind could not handle all of the world's That Shrouded World that was yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. There's so, one yeah, scene.
0: Was... Yeah, there's there's one chapter or one scene in Shrouded in World. I don't know if it's book three or four or one of them, oh, but they yeah. go to like a warehouse and Trip is as lucid as he's ever been. And he's like, Listen, I got five minutes to tell you all of this, and it all comes yeah. out, and you're like, Oh, no. That's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then he's back non-love. to saying, like, do you have any popcorn or something silly like that? I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he's gone. So. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Uh, was I the only one surprised in this book that the note actually told Michael the whole truth about what happened?
0: Uh, no, I wasn't. I was I'm with you on that She's one.
2: so arrogant, I think, that she didn't care. I mean, it's, you know, she's just so arrogant that she thinks, you know, she's too important, you know, because she's such a good shot and her connections Mm. and and her technology and stuff like that. I think she just really, at that point is like, you know what? There's no way they'll kill me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Valid.
0: She thinks that she's a, she's, she's unexpendable.
3: 100%. 100%. But her Um, whole
0: goal is to get to Etna station.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which they don't even know about yet, which brings me to my next question. The satellite thing, like, good or bad like would you keep it would you not
2: no i no no i can't i can't no because like mike has said at one point you know now they second guess everything there it's no longer going on intuition and going on your you know what is happening in front of you it's you're stopping everything and you know looking at this device instead of going with your gut Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um So So I I think it's an early warning
0: detection system with the zombies. I would definitely want it. I'd want all the advantages I I could.
2: I can see it, but yeah, it's just, but you also see that the problems (laughs) that it brings him is because it, um, you know, he second guesses everything for the time that they have that thing.
0: It's like a GPS, you know, where you're going, but you still turn Mm -hmm. your GPS on to go to the supermarket. Most people Mm -hmm. do, which drives me fricking crazy because I'm just (laughs) as guilty as that. We rely too much on technology yeah. Uh, and when it's been taken away, and it's like you get the last little bit of technology that's there, you're super excited. And Mad Jack is just over the moon, ecstatic yeah. with this thing. So when Deneau and her uh, her captors come up, Deneau te- ends up telling the, the the hillbillies that she has gold. She knows where there's gold, mm-hmm. and all civilizations have fallen, and money doesn't mean anything. But gold is still the universal currency which has traveled through you know how many hundreds of years bc or whatever and she says it's up in maine so they pull up to mike's driveway and i love gary's voice changer with judge (laughs) dread up in his (laughs) treehouse you know stop in the name of the law gary's one of my favorite characters i'm sorry he's just great um Mm -hmm. And the guys, you know, they shoot, they shoot the tree hut, but Gary's got his reinforced steel up there. And Mike and BT, they come out on the deck, and they're all like, what the fuck is going on? And Deno's out there, pops out of the door. She's like, surprise, miss me. <laughs> um, because Deneau knows the only way to get away from these guys without causing further harm, she has to go find Mike. And she's hoping that Mike mm-hmm. is still alive. She took a big gamble that Mike is still alive, one. And two, that when they get up there, He's not going to do as he told BT to do, which is just shoot her. Just Mm -hmm. shoot her. Get rid of her. Uh, You know, she's evil. She's bad. And that she, he takes her in because she tells him, I have this uh, GPS device. I have a tablet that is on the satellite and it can see everything. We can see where the zombies are. You can zoom in. You can get real time camera. Um, You know, they zoom in on the satellite on Deneau's face sitting out there in the deck and Mike makes a comment that he wishes he had it when he was a teenage kid because he would have spied on his neighbor uh you know sunbathing topless you know (laughs) he's like oh yeah you're right so in a uh in self-preservation mode gets Mike to kill the hillbilly she kills all three of them grabs one of the guy's guns and walks into the house she's like hey how are you um (laughs) And she ends up telling Mike everything that happened. She comes clean, which I thought was surprising for Deneau's character. But like you said, Amber, it's either she has nothing to lose. She has everything to, oh, she has nothing to gain. She has everything to lose with that. But because she's Dino, she knows that if she tells Mike, she needs to be honest with Mike and Mike can sense her BS. She's, he's got the BS meter on her. And he can tell that if she's lying or not, and she comes clean with the whole thing, and she's brutally honest about it. And I think Mike appreciated it because it gave him closure with what happened with Paul and, and Brian. But at the same time, he knows that he can't trust her because any chance she gets, she's going to stab him in the back again. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And Dino's Mike's enemy... But the zombies are everyone's enemy. So Mike needs to know right now. And she kind of comes around in this book a little bit. And you think to yourself, Mm -hmm. has to know how to change of heart? Is her character evolving? Does she realize that she can't survive this without Mike? And when is the other shoe going to drop? What is she Mm -hmm. going to screw Mike and the crew over again? Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't really happen in this story. Mm -hmm. It this I is a, when they got a to edna, pro to no book. <laughs> yeah. Say that again, mm-hmm. Jason. I'm sorry. I,
2: I figured when they got the edna station that it would happen, just, just like she did when, when she got to um, you know, the Menzi group, you know, uh, oh, yeah, throw him in, you know, throw him in prison. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I really figured that was going to happen again when they got that. Yeah,
0: yeah so uh Chris is asking uh what happened to Brian's girlfriend um uh, where was she during the confession she they left I think Brian's girlfriend and the other one's girlfriend that got uh, that mm-hmm. got killed they left early mm-hmm. they left right um the I don't know where the they went was yeah, they left a couple of books ago,
3: yeah, they left uh, shortly after Aaron left
0: that's right, that's right they left after Aaron so so what do we got? I'm trying to read the chat and keep the flow going. Uh, she left the group after the battle with Eliza. Yes, she did. Uh, yeah. Robbie. So they end up at Ron's house Uh Dino comes clean about the whole thing. And Mike has Mike knows that they can't stay at Ron's pain is still out there and charity is still with her. They're not sure what charity state is because Tiffany shot her in the head, but she's still out there. They're still out there. And Mike is worried about it. Ah, uh, Tommy has lost all of his clairvoyancy now that Eliza is gone, so he can't see them anymore. So they want to go west, and they're trying to figure out where can they go. Mad Jack finds a settlement out in, I believe, if is it Washington? Yeah, is that where the the Etna Station is? Yeah, up in Washington State. Yeah. And they like they got walls, and they got dogs, and they got kids, and they got security. Let's go, you know. Let's go West, you know, Lewis and Clark reference again, uh, go West, young man. Uh, they're going out there and they got to figure out a way to do it. And they're thinking to themselves, let's just get a, a one of those casino tour buses. Let's get a luxury bus. It's got a bathroom on it and we can all hop on like the Partridge family and travel across country. And they get to the Seattle Thank you very much, Laurie. I appreciate that. Seattle, Washington. <laughs> um, they ended up going to the Bangor casino to try to find a, a, a bus to try to find a tour bus. Cause bad Jack has the ability to zoom in with the, the GPS tracker and he finds two of them at the casino. So basically when the casino was operational two tour buses, had pulled up into the casino to do it. Um, I love Mark's description or Mike's description, I should say mm-hmm. of the casino, the Hollywood casino in Bangor, because it is dead on balls. Accurate to give an industry term.
4: <laughs> uh,
0: it's, it's not a very good place.
4: <laughs> it's, mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure it is, but it's, it's one room. It's very small. It doesn't have a lot there. Uh, I mean, the time we've talked about it before. And I don't, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, and I don't want to bash the place because I'm probably end up going back up there again. But as far as casino goes, it's very boring, and there's nothing Hollywood about it, with the exception of the name. And in the hallway, there's a couple of pictures of famous celebrities. But once you get to the casino floor, it's just it's one it's a VFW with a bar in the middle and some games. That's it. You know, it's nothing spectacular. And people in upstate Maine aren't really coming down to, to gamble a lot and spend their money, like Mike said. So, ah, excuse me. So they get they get to the casino, and BT's big thing is he wants to find a certain slot machine that him and Linda They go to Vegas every year. And, you know, Mike's giving BT shit about wanting to go to – why he doesn't let like go to the casinos or anything like that anymore. He's like, you got to feel bad when I tell you. And of course, Mike tells him and it's because him and Linda used to go to Vegas every year and he'd play the, the double down slot machines. That was his favorite thing. So how do you get, all right, A, there's no power. So how do you operate a slot machine? And B, those things weigh a freaking ton and they're on giant wooden stands. But BT manages, and I'm as I'm saying this now out loud, I'm thinking it to myself, BT manages to rip. The slot machine off of the stand and carry it with him onto the bus, which is a kind of a foreshadow for BT beaten ass in the uh the Best Buy MMA arena yeah. that happens <laughs> on later in the story. Is there one item if you were going to you go going any place? If there one item that you would risk your life to try and find during the zombie apocalypse jason we'll start with you
2: uh you know unfortunately i mean i i gotta say i'm i'm like mike i mean it's it's guns and ammo you know um you, with the guns and ammo you can hunt you can protect yourself you can you know move forward i mean it's that uh, i'm with mike on that one
0: <laughs> yeah uh andrea what do you think
1: well um you know i I always place myself in any zombie tale. What would my role be in in the group mm-hmm. well i would I would be the wise woman okay i'd I'd be bandaging people up. I would be finding all the natural roots and things you could figure out in nature. Um you know i I would definitely be like the healer slash cook, so i although I mean I say coffee, but we know coffees could come to an end, right, <laughs> but that's why with
0: thing. that I don't like coffee anyway,
1: well, but you know what <laughs> I'd have to say with Jason, um I've had a little bit of work with weapons, I can shoot a rifle and I can usually hit a target, I'd want more practice, but I would definitely want to have a rifle of some sort that, that had big, large mags that could just go and go.
0: <laughs> hey, Amber, what about yourself?
3: All right, I feel like I asked because I feel like you asked, like, what would I almost sacrifice myself to get in a zombie apocalypse? And my mind didn't go to guns or ammo at all. Um, I've always wanted, like, diamond fangs it's a a tactic though it's a tactic because if i found them and they fit right and i'm walking around the apocalypse people are going to be like okay this bitch is badass because who has the time to actually have golden fangs and keep them in the apocalypse it's going to have people have a second thought Mm. while my wife comes around and just knocks everybody out right over no. there there is some blinged out vampire over there girl absolutely absolutely <laughs> i'm gonna have my hair down i'm gonna do like some dark eye makeup and everything i'm just gonna i'm gonna freak you gotta freak people out first i'm not trying to come quite off friendly reason. and in the huh yep no it's
0: quite all right quite all right Who that's goes? awesome
3: yeah, so that's what that's what I personally like. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Sean Paul lately, and he has those uh, diamond fangs. Oh, like those things are amazing. I would I would love to have those. <laughs> so I would definitely I would definitely do that. Definitely do that. <laughs> and there's
0: it, it's technically a survival thing because you could bite people.
3: Uh, I, I wouldn't know. get that close to other individuals, but <laughs> if I would, I, that's a good tactic.
0: <laughs> what, about yeah, you, yeah.
4: Yeah, oh. what about you, Jeff? Yeah. What about
3: you, Jeff?
0: God, I asked the questions. I don't answer them. Um, I should have yeah. thought, of, uh, thought of one. Uh, I would probably say, I mean, in guns and ammo, Jason, that's kind of an obvious one. We're going to circle back yeah. to you on this one because it's, it, what is like a slot machine isn't something practical in a zombie apocalypse, yeah. but BT wants it for sentimental reasons. Uh fuck. I'd probably say I have a photo album of when I was a kid and my kids growing up and I think I would sacrifice myself to get one of, to try to, to, get, to get one of those, to just get a photo mm-hmm. album, to get some kind of remembrance of my life before the apocalypse to get back into it. Not practical at all. Uh, I probably, it, it, it's soft cover. It wouldn't even hurt if I hit a zombie with it or anything like that. <laughs> but um, that's my one sentimental thing that I would want to do. So. Yeah,
2: if you're going sentimental, I I have a different one. I mean, if it's sentimental, then yeah, I have a a small box that is stuff from growing up and mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, when my wife and I first met, things like that. But yeah, that would be that would be the box I would go after for um, if it wasn't uh, you know if it was right. just something sentimental.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought of another thing that was actually better than coffee, and for me, it would be like, man, stock up on the medications and put as many in the knapsack as you can. You know, mm-hmm. either that or you got to hit pharmacies everywhere and do it all mm-hmm. the time. So, I mean, it's it's either that or you know, there's not going to be any more psychords. So, what do you do, right? <laughs> Although crazy could be a good thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you definitely need some crazy people in the in a Z-park because uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: either one, like Dano says, you don't have to be faster than the zombies; you just have to be faster than the person next to you. Uh, or crazy people would just be the ones who just run out there and and, and go ape shit and, and and try to attack everybody. Yep,
1: so I might be one of those <laughs>
0: yeah. crazy Canadians. You betcha. And you could brave the cold. You would work out well in a, in a zombie apocalypse.
1: Oh, yeah. You know it, man. I know how to layer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie, I'll shoot you an email uh, in regards to your question, buddy. Um, I don't want to leave you out uh, uh, there unattended. Um, a lot happens in this story. We lose. So after the casino, the, the bus gets hijacked. They get two bus... They're basically jinx in every story that they do. Mm -hmm. They try to find a way to get away, to get out. They borrow Ron's trucks. They're not even 10 minutes down the road it's getting shot at. It's got a ding on it. It gets dented. It gets damaged. It hits a zombie or something. They get the bus. Now, it's Mike, Deneau, BT, and Tiffany that go to get the bus. They get the bus from the casino. um, And while they're on the road... They run into road bandits that shoot the shit out of the bus and disable it. Uh, and this is where we meet Knox. Uh, Knox. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This Nox. is where they meet Knox and Tiffany and Deneau are hiding out underneath the bus. They end up Jimmy rigging the toilet in the back to get into the cargo hold underneath, which is gross in itself. But thank God it was empty. Um I just had that flashback of that Shinless List scene where the, everybody's running and the little kids jumped out inside the the porta potties or the you know the 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 outhouses to hide. Um, after mm. BT just drops a ton of heat in that thing, but we won't get into that one because Lindsay's cooking is horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they run into Knox, and it's just Mike and BT that get off the bus, and Knox right away is saying that. He's gonna be the leader of the free world. You tells BT that he would be a, a great addition to his army, uh, and everything else. And Mike is just being a smart ass. And BT's like, Why are you agging the man on? What are you doing? And that's just the way Mike is. Uh, and Knox, not knowing Mike for who he is, shoots Mike in the stomach and leaves him there for dead. It takes BT hostage. Uh telling him is going to be part of his initiation and everything. So after they leave, Deno and Tiffany come out and find Mike. And this is where Tiffany finds out that Mike is part vampire. Question I have, and I, I think I know the answer, but I was wondering what you guys thought of is, In order to save Mike, to get the bullet out of his stomach, Deno knows that she has to get human blood into Mike to build his strength. Who's arm does she make to bite at first i thought it was hers but that doesn't make any sense to me and it wouldn't be tiffany's because tiffany doesn't know it was it one of Knox's guys that yeah. they shot?
3: yeah it was one of Knox's guys that okay um, that they ran over in the car that they hit with the bus
0: okay yeah, it was Sorry, Laurie, It was it was one of the guys. I thought it was DeNos as well, but it's not. But he wasn't dead yet, Chris. That's Chris mm-hmm. is saying it was a dead body. Uh, you know, we all know this from Anne Rice. She never drank the blood of the dead. The guy wasn't fully dead yet, from what I can remember. Now that I am thinking, that's why I thought it was. That's why I didn't think it was DeNos or Tiffany. But I was wondering what that was, who who it was. So you are correct, Amber. Thank you. <laughs> Um,
2: yeah, because doesn't, doesn't he get him out on the side of the road or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: correct. So uh, <laughs> BT ends up getting taken to Best Buy because, you know, if you're going to start a, a a virtual, an army and <laughs> make everybody fight, you do it at a Best Buy, kids. Um, this is where one of, I think, the greatest scenes in literary history happens. A hundred percent. So Knox has his army set up in Best Buy, and he is doing what he calls the initiation. So each new recruit that they find on the road, find, I should say, kidnap, on the road into his army, uh, it's good that Knox is bringing back the draft, they set up a, a cage inside the middle of the Best Buy, and each new recruit has to fight, is it 10 or 12 men? Uh
3: 12 is the max. Um, twelve is the furthest they ever went. Okay. So you right. fight you fight until you get knocked out, until somebody bests you.
0: So what he wants to do is he wants to break the new recruit to yeah. basically abide it on all bow down to Knox, make Knox the, you know, the the, the the leader of the free world, and that's what he wants to do. So he puts BT in there, but he strips him naked. And I'm assuming they strip everybody naked um for this initiation. And then volunteers all line up at the cage door to come in and fight the new recruit. And BT just one after another after another just lays down the haymakers and beats some ass in this (laughs) scene. Mm -hmm. He even beats up a woman. Uh, But (laughs) judging by her appearance, she was pretty much a Big ass large Marge type of trucker woman. Uh, (laughs) And she goes for BT's junk. And that's a no no. So BT's got to do what he's got to do.
2: At one point, I thought she was actually (laughs) going to take him.
0: (laughs) You you think he's going to because BT's a gentleman. You don't think BT would hit a Mm -hmm. woman. (laughs) Uh, But he does.
3: I don't have a penis, but I can imagine if somebody tries to grab it aggressively, I'm going to knock that bitch out too.
0: Yeah, it's not fun <laughs> to get them grabbed, hit, flicked, nicked, uh-uh. grazed, nothing. It's a very painful. Oh, painful. Pain. You women don't understand what pain is. Okay? Oh, <laughs> <yeah. Okay>. uh- <laughs> and, uh, all right. I don't want to hear about your childbirth and all. Oh, this. I never had
1: any none <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get hate mail. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Get, <laughs> uh, but uh it's 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 great. Yeah, but he
3: knocks the shit out of her. I think she she dies from from being punched in the face. Right?
0: Like, oh yeah, he nails her. He Actually, nails I think
3: her. he I think yeah. he killed. I think he killed like almost everybody who went in the cage.
0: Didn't yeah, he he, hit, he hits him right in the temple. He he basically yeah because Knox is getting pissed. That he's losing yeah. all of his recruits, so he starts yeah. sending them in two or three at a time. Yeah, and yeah, because I think he broke
3: enough. the one person's arm and let him go. He was still alive, but broke his arm, like just in yep. his shoulder, just pull that. That part to me, I'm like Jesus Christ! Like he just pulled, <laughs> pulled the arm. Like, Fuck, I didn't even know that was a thing. But yeah. I think I, that that definitely was like my favorite part of it. Um, and I think the tase part too. Or just grabs the leads in the throat like that. That was just, that's just bad. I don't care what anybody said. That's badass. ass.
0: <laughs> well, every cop, I think the, every, you know, the movies that you see, I've never met a cop or I, I've never talked to anybody that does this, but I think they tase each other. So they know what it's like. It's like tear gas. You know, when you go into the, the, the fire Academy or the military, they tear gas you. So you know what the effect is. I think cops all take a taser. To know what that feels like. So, to BT, him being so frigging big as well, getting those leads on him, it was like it was nothing. He still had a twitch, but it didn't incapacitate him like it yeah. would a normal person because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's Jack Reacher size, if not bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 6'5, 250. I think BT's more than 6'5. I think he's like 300, pushing yeah. a lot of weight and muscle behind there. Um, So they get to the point where Knox is getting pissed and BT challenges Knox and says, why don't you come down here and fight me? And Knox being a typical leader, it's I'm going to send everybody else. I'm going to delegate from the sidelines and I'm going to send other people to their death because I don't have the guts to do it myself. And Knox gets, uh, gets fed up and starts sending in zombies after they build another cage from the back room, a hallway cage to send in zombies yep. uh, to do it. So that's when BT starts going, you know, kind of apeshit. There are other people in there with him and it's a whole big thing, but going on in the outside, MJ um, has the, the, the satellite and he can track where they took BT and they find out. So they want to wait till night, but they know that the guys will have night vision goggles. Cause there are four sentries up on the roof so they have Ron want gonna blow up one of the gas stations uh right near it in the line of sight to give a blinding light, which what a fire would do would render the night vision goggles useless and this is where God rest your soul. we lose Ron in this story. uh, he got caught with some zombies. there's a horde of zombies coming down the road, and Ron is trying to get this going in on his last. Dying thing, he sets the blaze and blows up the gas station. And Mike makes the comment of, "Wow, Ron, he really got that thing going." Not realizing that his brother his his brother died. And after all of the animosity that has been, Mike Mike and Ron never really settled their differences. Ron still blamed Mike for everything that's happened to them. Uh, there's that one scene in the last book where. He blames Mike for everything and and his wife, Ron's wife died and he blames Mike for that. So did Ron want to live? Do we think, or do we think he set that blaze knowing he wasn't going to make it out because he wanted to go be with his wife and daughter because his daughter ended up passing away as well. Uh, We find out like three or four that she turns into a zombie and Mike had to put her down. I think he did. I think. Ron knew he wasn't going to make it, and I think Ron made the ultimate sacrifice for the group. It was his last pitch, yeah. and he wanted to go be with his family. What I opinion? think, yeah.
1: I think, kind of the sad thing about that is that you know they 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 never settled their differences, and Mike has to live with the fact that you know they 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 just you know. He, he can't make it right with his brother there's no hope to now right mm-hmm. but but i think that you know i mean ron did make that sacrifice and i think that you know his heart just wasn't in it without his family
0: mm- mm-hmm. amber what do you think
3: he still had two kids though um he
0: i just,
1: i i honestly
3: think that he was just trying so hard to compare himself to mike Like, he kept trying, like, if Mike can go out there, I can do that. I'm going out on this run, too. I can do this. I can do that task. That's no problem. Like, he kept trying to, like, outdo Mike as, like, the younger brother. And, like, I can do what he does and even better. And then I think in that last moment, it's just, like, fuck it. Like, there was no way for him to escape. And just like Chris said, who the hell doesn't – he doesn't have the instinct – to make sure all his tools work before he starts the project. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like you die mm-hmm. because you didn't take two seconds to check your damn lighter. You know, the simple shit that Mike, you know, even though Mike's
0: an airbrain, sometimes he makes sure shit is ready to go.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a sad, that, that was a sad moment for me. I was sad when mm-hmm. Ron, when that happened, uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of moments in these books where you're like, Oh, I wish he would have made it. <laughs> but it's, you know, you don't know who you can get used to yeah. in these yeah. stories. You get attached to them, you know, and you're like, yeah, he didn't make it. But, you know, Mad Jack is still alive and kicking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mm. they end up um, rescuing BT and <sighs> the banter back and forth with Mike and BT. Just the whole Mike stops dead in his tracks just BT's naked. He's like, what? Okay, wait a second. Uh, You know, there's no clothes for him. They get BT a couple of uh, Best Buy smocks to put on himself. And he's, you know, he's wrapping around like a diaper and he's just out there. It's such a great, great scene of this. And I hope, I hope one day... That there will be a, not, you know, not that I want to see a large black man naked, mm-hmm. but I I want to see this scene. I want to see this scene so badly on the screen. It would just be, I mean, even put him in the golden speedo because, you know, you can't have full frontal, yeah, uh, yeah, male full frontal in movies without getting an X rating, but just do something with it because it would just be Awesome! It kind of reminded me that anybody—I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie *Digstown* or read the book. It was um, uh-uh. Lewis Gossett Jr. and uh, James Woods, and it was like an early '90s type of movie. And it's a boxing movie, and it's a a con artist movie. It's really good. You guys should watch. It. I think it's on Tubi or Crackle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they set up a con fight where Lewis Gossett Jr. has to fight ten guys in a twenty-four hour period, and throughout some of the parts of it, you know, he just knocks out one guy. and He's like, get me another one, you know, and goes back to his corner. That's kind of what this scene reminded me of when BT just Mm -hmm. smacking people in the head, bare knuckles is like, send in the next one. Let's go get it done. And he is just BT is just fired up in all of that. So Beth's husband remembers that movie. It was a great movie. I read the book after the movie. That was one of the first books I ever read after i saw the movie and that's when i discovered i went oh wait books are actually better than the movies Mm -hmm. because they give more information and they can talk about this and they can do this with that holy crap what have i been missing my whole life because all throughout high school and school i was like why should i read the book when i can watch the movie Mm -hmm. dummy which is another reason why I hope they don't turn this stuff into movies because I think they would ruin it. They would have to do a series kind of like what they're doing with Reacher right now on uh, Amazon prime, where they're taking one book and making it an entire series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't do it in a tw- in a two hour period. Uh, I mean, me and Mary just watched the, the two Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher movies. And we're like, "Eh, yeah, it's a good movie, but I already read those stories. So I know what it is. I'm like, yeah, they took that out. They took that out. They took that out. They added this, they put this here. It's just, I I hate to say it, but I'm a nerd right now because I love reading stories more -hmm. than I like watching the movies. And it's so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, Amber, we know you were excited for the naked BT cage fight. When you reread it did it hold up it was it everything you imagined in your head Every single moment of it was an existential <laughs> experience and I enjoyed
3: it I enjoyed picturing uh BT rippling muscles killing zombies with a bat It was perfect it was perfect Yep <laughs> Yep Yep I also okay so who wants to commend Mike on killing Nox's wife um zombie wife like i
0: totally commended him for that shit 100 percent. i think he should have let i think he should have brought her i think he should have done what michonne did in walking dead and put her on a leash and carried her around until he could find Knox and let her go and you her. chop off her like take off her teeth and arms well you can't do that because then she can't eat Knox. but you know get her on one of those the ones they use for cattle or something like that long pole with the, the hook on the end of it. And, you know, I just, I would have loved to see Knox just get eaten by his wife. That would have been perfect because Mm -hmm. there's a part of it before BT goes in where they, they send in a man and a woman that were having having an affair and you don't Mm -hmm. find out until afterwards it's Knox's wife and some other guy that were having an affair and he sent them in and now they're both zombies that were coming in to try and fight BT.
1: Um, I'm on I'm on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Somebody's
1: somebody showed up for a show here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring him on, bring him on. That's uh, my buddy
1: Bob. He doesn't do zombies like I do.
0: <laughs> uh, poor guy. What are you thinking? So um But this is kind of where the first part is. Well, we find out in the casino that zombies have thought process and they're avoiding the guns and lights and things. But now, Mm -hmm. Mike, is it Mike that just hears her talk or can anybody else hear her talk? Because she says Knox want Knox. And this is where you find out that this is Knox's wife. Holy crap. The zombies can talk. Did anybody else hear it? Or was it just Mike?
2: I thought BT heard it, too.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think
3: he heard heard it after a second because he was like, "What the fuck yeah.
4: are you doing, Mike?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could you imagine
3: a zombie just having a chunk of you? Like you couldn't even move your neck to say it because it's like, "Oh, there's no way." Yeah,
0: there's no, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. That would freak me the f out if I heard a zombie talk. A hundred
3: percent.
2: You know my my question is: Did he kill Knox's wife just because she was a zombie, and that, or or you know, in some way, was it Mike's? You know, pity on her and killing
3: her. Nah, his first thought was Eliza. He was like, I yeah. he was like, if I would have killed Eliza from the rip, none of that shit would have happened. Yeah. He was yeah. like, Fuck that. He was like, i have no more conscious zombies, pop. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's and, pretty much what how, how we did it. Yeah. Why you And
3: Chris it. Chris says yeah. what kind of moron sleeps with the crazy dictator's wife? Uh yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what type of ass you got on you. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way.
0: Guys will be guys. I don't know. You never know. It could happen. You got it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they end up rescuing BT uh, and on their way out, um, as Chris had pointed out in the chat, they just find the truck, the burnt out truck. Uh, mm-hmm. how do, so how do they know that Ron's dead? Because they first find the truck, but do they see? I don't remember if they see a body, a burnt out body, inside the truck and know that it's ron yeah I does anybody know, know? no maybe that, maybe i think they know that, but it. they know that ron's gone right yeah I, I
3: think because the truck was crashing to the side of the building like head on like they just like it was kind of and they couldn't maybe, didn't even maybe, have time to investigate either right
1: maybe maybe it was just you know something that they it's like a back door open it you know that he could have been brought back, but obviously that never did happen. But to me, it's like if there's if there's no body, has there been a murder? You know, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah, uh, Lori in the chat says because it was surrounded by zombies. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they knew. And when they got back to the house, uh, like Robbie says, he didn't show up uh, at the Best Buy. And he didn't show up back at the house, and I think that's how they knew.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to go, that you guys.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we ran long this week. Um,
1: Anyway, hope to see you next time.
0: Awesome. Join us anytime. Uh, Shoot me an email anytime you want to come back on. You've been a great guest. Thank you so much. Enjoy the cold. How cold is it going to be again this week? You're up in British Columbia, Canada, and it's going to be what?
1: Our high tomorrow is minus 18 Celsius, and it's going down to minus 30 at night.
3: Uh, I wouldn't even get out the bed. I wouldn't even get on the fucking bed. There's well, you, no you way.
1: Gotta, you gotta have good, thick, fuzzy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <not gonna laughs> I'm going to work while this is going on, okay?
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. I- I lived in, I lived in Minneapolis for four years and I, we had days that I would get up to leave for work and it would be negative 45 degrees Fahrenheit.
4: Oh,
1: just nasty, nasty. Like, <laughs> holy cow. Like your car's gotta be in a garage for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Plugged it, it plugged in. <laughs>
1: All yeah. right, you guys. Yep. Bye for now.
0: Bye. Thank yeah. you, Andrea. Um. So yeah. So what happens with, hang on, let me, uh, let me get Andrea out of there. Um, when they get back to the house, Trip is kind of freaking out because he says Ron wasn't supposed to die. In this mm-hmm. timeline, Ron isn't supposed to die because Ron is supposed to stop you from doing something that prevents a catastrophe. And now Ron's mm-hmm. not here. So Trip is freaking out. And Trip knows that Deno isn't supposed to be there as well uh, in this timeline. So Deneau is screwing shit up all over the place, um, with this whole thing. And it's, things are going off of the rails and you're kind of wondering where is it going to go? What happened with Ron? What was, what, was what did Ron, it's kind of like the Avengers end game. Whereas, you know, you see all of these different scenarios. I can't tell you which one or infinity war, excuse me. I don't want, nerds to yell at me uh you know dr strange sees all the possibilities of the winning of um the outcome and they only win one uh trip knows that she's not supposed to be here it's all messed up and something bad is gonna happen with all of this it's kind of uh it's it's a it's a mind f Mm -hmm. in this whole thing um as we start to wrap things up, there's a nice scene at the end. that They end up finding another bus. Uh, they all get separated again. Mike and Lindsay have a brother sister moment, and um, mm-hmm. we lose Mark, uh, Lindsay's Lindsay's husband. Is it Mark Lindsay's husband? Steve. No. Steve. Steve, Steve uh, is he was in, so
3: in, he was so non significant in the, in the,
0: in the book. yeah, in the whole was, series. Yeah, yeah, I kind of went to it too. I'm like, who was this guy? Why is he here? Uh, you know, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, I feel bad if if, if Steve is a real brother in law of uh of Mark's sister, but um, <laughs> yeah,
3: I get, have to say that. Oh yeah, no, no, I was go. just
0: gonna say he gets I was just gonna continue. So go go. Yeah, no,
3: no, like he gets he gets killed, which is like kind of like I, I feel like he was gonna be a big annoyance anyway throughout the mission because I'm like, bro, if you didn't need to bring extra ammo, it's like what are you even doing? Like was he kind of feeling like the Ron complex? Like, oh if Lindsay's going out, then I gotta go out too. Like what's mm-hmm. going like what's really going on here? And um, I think I really like in this part of the book that you get you finally get a taste of BT's past. Before the Deepak, and I really enjoyed that part of the book as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, what yeah, happens I, with I, Linda and the neighbors and
0: everything. Yep, yep, because that was really awesome. Yeah, good. Uh, what were we gonna say, Jason?
2: Oh, I was just gonna say that you know, her husband it just wasn't it, as soon as they left, and Mike was like, How do you volunteer with bad knees and don't bring any ammo? Um, yeah. you know, how. Why, why did you go at that point, I was already like, yeah, he's an annoyance. I turn around and send his butt back to the house and tell him, we'll take care of this,
0: yeah, yep. he wants to try he wants to try and do something, but this is really the first time I think in the whole series we've really heard any significance of him, and then all right. of a sudden he's he's dead. yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't make it um and there's a there's a lot that goes on, uh, a lot of personal stuff between Mike and Lindsay. While they're out there in the woods trying to make their Mm -hmm. way back, Uh, they get held up at a house and they go into the whole, I didn't like you as a kid and you did this and I did that. But it it ends up, you know, it all comes out in the wash and they end up, you know, brother and sister, you know, we love each other, Mm -hmm. everything. But she ends up telling Mike that the day the zombie apocalypse happened, she filed for divorce from Steve. They weren't Mm -hmm. in love she loved him but she wasn't in love with him. they've been sleeping in separate rooms uh and everything so you kind of you feel bad that he's gone but then you're like oh she was going to divorce the dude anyway so chances are he was going to mm-hmm. die cuz he wasn't going to be involved he wouldn't have Mike's protection with him anyway so eh, okay mm-hmm. so so be it did anybody else have that same reaction with Steve when he passed or when he when he died or was he just like yeah, yeah dude yeah i mean obviously, honestly
3: Honestly, if Mike if if Mark would have never said anything about Steve throughout the rest of the book, I I wouldn't have even remembered he was there.
0: Right. No, Exactly. Like
3: it could have been it could have been the very next month. Like the wait, like, I think what is it? Like next book or two? It's like BT and Lindsay start talking. So it's like I I I would have been like, oh yeah, it's nice. I would have completely forgot about Steve a hundred and ten percent. Yeah.
2: Well, this in this one when when they get back to the house, I mean, she immediately goes to BT. You know. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you could tell she already had feelings for him because she immediately went to him and, you know, was wrapped up in his arms. So,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. And BT, Mike Mike makes a joke like, "Uh, do we need to have the talk about you and my sister? And BT just (laughs) says, you know, I'm I'm being, I'm there for her. So they've obviously started something, but. You know if if you want to go with the conspiracy theory type of thing, BT egged on Steve to go out into the wilderness because knowing <laughs> that he got bad knees and he can't shoot for shit, that you know he'd get out of the way. And then BT, BT is no to know. you get it with that. BT, no, BT is not to know. <laughs> no. that's why I said conspiracy theory. BT would never do that, and BT no. would never sleep with the married woman, uh, nor would he ever do anything like that. But now that Steve's out of the way. I got yeah. I got it. yeah.
2: D- divorced by zombie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um the apocalypse divorce decree. Uh yeah. BT, yeah, Chris, BT is definitely too honorable for that. Uh yeah. there's a scene where Knox comes back at the end. BT, Tommy, and Mike are out trying to find cars because the two buses that they've gotten now. Have both been beat to shit within the first yeah. 10 minutes of it being of them being out and they end up finding out uh Knox and his men are all still out there and deno ends up coming to the rescue with that there's a scene where pork chop is driving the bus or a truck or something and Mike and Dino are shooting and oh, yeah. he's in the pedals and deno insults pork chop to get him <coughs> excuse me to do what he needs to do. Uh, yeah. And Porkchop's really sad. And after that scene. After the, the the whole thing with Knox. And they end up saving him. Saving Mike and Tommy. Dino apologizes to Porkchop. For insulting him. And says I did it as like a reverse psychology. To get you to do what I needed.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, to save us. And I was kind of floored. That Dino apologized to Porkchop. First off. For saying, she, did something, she made a fat joke about him that if, you know, mm-hmm. stop eating all yeah. these candy or something like that. But she apologized to him and you think thinking to yourself, oh my God, she's turning over a new leaf. This is a nice woman. She's becoming well, grandma to know.
2: Isn't that at the point that she's also quit smoking?
0: I don't think she's ever quit too? smoking. Yeah, she quit for does. a little bit. Yeah, she quits did for a while. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that part. And I read it yeah, at regular speed mark, not one point seven like I normally do.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, she, she quits uh she quits smoking for a while.
0: All right, well that um, didn't last very long. When
2: they're back when they're back at the house. Um, but yeah, that, that was um pork chop was uh, when they were driving the dump truck backwards the up, dump truck, out, yes, the quarry.
0: Yep. So. Okay. Yeah, it's uh it's a crazy book. A lot a lot happens. In this story. And as they get to the um da, 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 da. where am I? So, what, they they get to a scene at the end where they end up meeting up with um those people's name, Harriet and Vincent. There's a convenience mm-hmm. store that they come across. And the guys, Mike and her, uh, Vincent got the guns out and they're doing all this stuff. And Mike's like, we just need supplies. We're going out West. We don't want to hurt anybody. Do you got any toilet paper or anything like that? And Vincent is outside and Harriet is inside the building upstairs. And you can't really see it, but you can hear them talking. They sound nice and sweet. And you're thinking these are two nice old people. Um, you know, they're going to let them in. They'll drop their guns and they will be friends and they'll go on their merry way. And Mike tells everybody, drop your, you know, everybody put your guns down. Mm And to him, Vincent says, fella, that was the only thing keeping you. And Mike hears, I just kind of went out for a second. Sorry about that. And Mike hears the gun cock. Here's the, 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 Mm -hmm. the, the hammer pulled back. And then he hears a bang and he thinks he's dead. And it turns out that Deneau ends up shooting Vincent and Harriet kind of unprovoked in everybody else's eyes because Mm -hmm. Tracy was pissed. BT was pissed Um, that they thought that she just killed them all in cold blood for no reason whatsoever. And Deneau is saying, Nope. He had his finger on the gun. He was going to pull Mike. He was going to shoot Mike. I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, if you go upstairs, you're going to find Harriet had a gun and they had all of this Mm -hmm. shit. Um, and turns out that Deno was right, and BT and Tracy still aren't fans of Dino because she, they think she killed her in cold blood. But Deno saved Mike's ass from getting well, shot. Doesn't
2: she? Doesn't she say that the Mike looked down and come to realize that the ground, the ground where around where Mike was standing, was completely stained in blood?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of that. So. Then when they go into the store, when they go into the store, they go upstairs. They find out that they've been hoarding stuff for years mm-hmm. or months or whatever it was. Um BT goes over to Harriet finds her at the window and he finds a loaded gun with the hammer cocked back and like shit she was right. Um yeah. and DeNo ends up finding 30 bodies stacked out back of the shop. Mm-hmm. So they're luring people in and then killing them and taking what they have out of their vehicles. So fucking know yeah. <laughs> Fucking
3: <no>. Yeah, <laughs> That should be a t shirt. I'd wear that. Fucking
4: to yeah. no.
0: I'll have to make that'll be good. my next one that I make. F and F and to know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Every mm-hmm. time that, that you think that there's no reason <laughs> to keep her around, she always seems to find a reason to uh to make herself relevant again. That's
0: the contradiction yep.
3: that Mike is dealing with.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we find out in epilogue one or epilogue two uh epilogue one, uh it's a quick little epilogue where Deneau is telling Mike, I can save them. You need... Mm-hmm. Do, do you want me to save them? But I need you to do something for me. If I save them, mm-hmm. you need to bite me. Because Deneau mm-hmm. wants Mike's power. Deno wants to become immortal. Deno wants mm-hmm. the strength. And Mike's like, you don't know what you're asking. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what Deneau can save them from. We don't know who he's talking about, who she's talking about. We assume it's her, his family. You know, mm-hmm. it's Tracy and BT and all of them. Excuse me. Uh, that she's talking about that she can save. And Mike says, do it. And we find out in a later book uh what exactly that was. But uh there's three epilogues in this one. Epilogue two is is Iggy. They bring back Iggy, the cataract, uh cataract eyed, silverbacked hybrid zombie gorilla, which is gonna be Awesome, I can't wait. (laughs) Damn, Iggy! I want it. My thought is with Iggy is Iggy is part of the Yetis from Demon Fallout. I hope Iggy makes an appearance in DD Three. If Mike, if Mark does a DD Three, which it looks (laughs) like he's going to, because he left it on a cliffhanger. Um, and I sent him a very nasty Facebook message, like, You son of a bitch, you left it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> How dare you? And his reply was, Would you expect anything else?
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: really? Nah, nah. <laughs> yes, Beth, I am okay. I'm just getting over a cold that seems to be lingering for very long. I appreciate you, uh, you asking me. Um, so Zombie Fallout Book 10, it was great uh final thoughts on this one for me was this is where the books the series starts to pick up again i think there's there's mm-hmm. ebbs and flows in all of his series and with zombie follow being so long um i think kind of eight and nine were had their moments at the end that it picked up and it did it but a lot of the middle was a lot of filler Uh, you know, there's a lot of Mike being stuck up in a bucket truck and doing things still great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they weren't Mm. good, but this is where they start to pick up as to, okay, they got a destination where they're going. It's not just about killing Eliza or killing pain. They're on a road trip again, and they're trying to get someplace to Etna station that really sets up the rest of the entire series to date. Uh, probably coming up with book 23 of what's happening where Mike gets involved and they all find the military, they get involved with the military. And I like this book a lot and I'm excited for where it's going and coming. What's coming after that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason, what are your final thoughts on this one?
2: Uh, I agree. I, I think this one was good. Um, you know, the, the, the BT fight scene again, it's, it's a great thing. Um, I I do uh you know the loss of ron was kind of sucked but um mm-hmm. uh, you know but i do like to also seeing the evolution of uh bt and um you know mike's sister um this one i think really sets up the end of it for you know the next book where you're sitting there you know the the whole thing with the no and the save them i mean that's you know that's a a, a huge setup for the next book mm-hmm. so uh but no i i loved it i mean it's a good book it's uh um, you know, fits perfectly in with the series.
3: Yep.
0: Amber, what are you thinking? Final thoughts?
3: Amazing, yet again. Loved it, and I feel like um, it's kind of reminded me again, like he can put so much action, so much forward-moving momentum in the story, and still have you wanting more. Which is, mm-hmm. like, that's a talent in itself. Because, like, I mean, shit, he could have, he could have, he could have drawn the book out to the fight scene and grabbing the second buses. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He could have that, that could have been an entire book right there. And it's like, oh, the next book, we finally got the buses. Now we're on the road. Like, he puts so much shit into one book that is just like, keep going, keep going. It's just amazing. I, once again, I'm very satisfied with the amount of action, information, yeah. conclusions, new beginnings that are put in every book.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, and, you, and you realize yeah. the only person who's any good with buses is his trip.
0: 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, Beth in the chat says, the part that tear me up is when Mike looks back at the house at Ron uh, and Tracy thinks they see the curtains moving uh, as they're leaving mm-hmm. Maine. They're leaving Ron's house for the last time. Um, and they think they see the curtains move. So Ron kind of went home. They're not sure if it was the window, if you believe in ghosts and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was kind of an emotional scene, Beth. 100% definitely. They don't return Back to Maine, I don't think until like and fallout where Mike goes back. We, we find out that Mike, house. Mike goes back to Ron's. He just is sitting in that very comfy chair that I could, I could live in <laughs> that he says in one of the stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, guys, we're going to stick a pin in it there. We've been going about an hour and a half. This was great. Great to be back. Happy 2024 to everybody. Uh, We're going to keep going. The 31st of the month, uh, two weeks, one week, whatever. Next week, we're going to do book 11. And and I don't have a calendar in front of me, so I'm going off my head. But I think Mm -hmm. book 11 and then book 12. And then on the 31st, we're going to do Devil's Desk 2. And maybe we can persuade a special guest to come on with us and talk about the writing and what he was thinking when he did it but we shall see no pressure Mark. I know I have, I think I talked about the other day. I'm not sure. Um, but thank you all for joining us. If you're just listening on the audio, the video version of this, it's up on Facebook on the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast official Facebook page. If you have not liked it or followed it, please do. We give a lot of updates and, um, where people can give their thoughts, and we kind of post the show on this. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. as we are live on Facebook. We record the show, and then we post the audio and the video to Spotify. Uh, Spotify has the video, and Audible, Apple, and all the other audio places have it. We are not up on YouTube. Somebody messaged me the other day, when are you going to put new episodes on YouTube? We are not for the foreseeable future. Uh, we had an issue with audio, with uh, not audible youtube excuse me uh because thinking that we were spreading misinformation about medicine talking about how the
3: dr human i think that they they mm-hmm. had a problem with <laughs> i think he froze um, yeah. so we, <laughs> yes, so we are on <laughs> audible, yep. uh, follow us on the, um, Michael Tabit the official Michael Tabit page If you guys want to, are you, are you on here, Jeff? Did, did you come back?
0: Uh, I'm back. I'm yeah, back. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I got to fix my Wi-Fi connection. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, we are there. <laughs> so all that got blanked out, but, uh, yeah, we're there. We're up on audible. We're up on everything. So mm-hmm. join us, like us, five-star rating, follow us. Tell your friends. It helps other people find it. How you found Mark's book on Audible uh, when somebody's when you liked all these things and it said, "Hey, you might like this story." So Audible has podcasts and Spotify has podcasts and everybody has podcasts. If we get enough likes and ratings, it'll start suggesting it to other people. Like, hey, you listen to a zombie story. You listen to a post-ap- post-apocalyptic story. You might like the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. So check it out. And then that brings more people to the podcast. And that brings more people to the stories of Mark. And Mark continues to be able to keep Chloe fed. And that's what this is all That's the most about. important part it of it all. Keeping Chloe and Holly fed. So there you go. So, guys, thank you so much. Amber, uh, mm-hmm. tell us where people can find you on your Amazon uh, account and everything like that. Awesome. Thank you so much. So if you guys want to
3: follow me and uh, my wife, Melody, on Amazon, uh, we offer, uh, we show a whole bunch of suggested products that we really like and that we love. And we're also reviewing a lot of the books, putting a couple snippets of the podcast and stuff on um, our Amazon page and everything. So if you guys go on to Amazon and then um, just search uh, Melody and Amber and Leah um, Smith, then you guys will go ahead and find us. Uh, Appreciate you
0: guys very much. So uh, she's going to put a link up on the Chronicles page as well. so yes, we can find we also,
3: um, Yeah, because we also – yeah, because Audible is connected to Amazon. So we have been putting clips of the show on our Amazon page just to get it out there even more just so people can see that uh, just that's another area to try to get us out there more because we want to bring more happy people to the page.
0: Because
4: Amazon
3: owns
0: Audible. As they do everything else in the entire <laughs> everything, world. Everything. Everything. <laughs> right. It's either Bezos or, or Musk. One of them owns something. One of the two. Dope. So uh Jason, thank you so much for coming back with us tonight. Happy New Year, Dope. everyone. You all have a good and safe night. And we will see you next week.
2: See you later. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Right.
0: You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot the Podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. Hosted by Jeff Royds. Co-hosted by Amber Smith. Technical advisor Mary Napoli. Music by Fernt Ends. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot the Podcast is a production of Chestnut Hill Studios. No part of this recording can be rebroadcast, remixed, rewind, remastered, rewrapped without the express written concern of Chestnut Hill Studios. Follow the show on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review. It does help others find the show, and it makes us feel good about ourselves. Make sure to check out the collective works of Mark Dupo at markdupo.com, or available on Amazon or audio version on Audible. For booking information, email us at Podcast at icloud.com. This is the end of the show. You may now go about your regularly scheduled day.